Welcome to The Approach, a microcast where we help you walk with and pray for the next generation. My name is Connor Owen, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, John Reinheimer. We serve on staff at World Gospel Mission. John's also working on his PhD in spiritual formation within Gen Z. Now, we're excited about this because this episode is a uh, the first in a three-part series we've been talking about for a while. We're calling it Hurry, Worry, and Distraction, which... From his studies, uh, John believes they are the enemies of abiding. John, why these three topics? I know it sounds like I didn't try very hard because those (laughs) rhyme, but um, (laughs) these really are uh, themes that I've seen over and over again in my research. And just to kind of clarify, when we talk about abiding, I know it can go a lot of different directions, but we're trying to simplify it and say what we mean by that. Abiding is life with Jesus empowered through the Holy Spirit. And so um, as I've looked at whether it's sociology, psychology, anthropology, theology, all the ologies, <laughs> <laughs> um, just kind of seeing all these uh, areas of life are being negatively formed, uh, impacted, shaped, whatever you want to say. Uh, yeah, all that is impacting Gen Z's walk with Jesus. And so now you may say, oh, hurry, worry, distracted. That sounds like my life too. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is. Yeah. The big difference is. For most of them, that's their entire life. It's all they've ever known. Right. Whereas old fogey adults here, <laughs> <laughs> that's only kind of been more of a maybe a recurrence or a newer occurrence rather than yeah. their entire thing. So, you know, uh, many of Gen Z, their hurried pace of life, it leaves them feeling just stretched way too thin. Um, and so what does Jesus invite them into? He says, hey, walk with me. I have a life-giving pace or rhythm of life. Um, you know, many Gen Zers worry about just a ton of things uh, and they wish they didn't worry about it. It causes anxiety. And, um, yet, you know, all these things still make them anxious, even though they're praying and taking it to God and they don't know how to maybe necessarily deal with that and all the mature ways that maybe other, uh, you know, Christians before them have known how to do. So Jesus invites them to keep trusting him and actively trust and wait, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with him in his presence as they keep walking and uh, find fullness in him and his presence. And that brings joy. And then the last one then is many Gen Zers, they do feel uh, there's a lot of jokes and memes and things like that floating <laughs> out there that we easily poke fun at, but they feel easily, or not feel, they often are easily distracted yeah. uh, throughout their day, as many of us are too. But Jesus invites them uh, instead into you know giving their whole life, or we might say worship, worship more than just music, but their whole being, and give them their full attention um, to, to Jesus. And so those kind of themes are kind of sparking uh, these next couple episodes. Yeah, so that's a lot. So we're not going to focus on all <laughs> of that today. We're just going to focus on the first part. We're going to talk about hurried pace of life. Uh, Dallas Willard somebody we've been talking a lot as we've been going through this series. And uh, he talks about how the hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. The most important thing in your life is not what you do, it's who you become. That's what you will take into eternity. And John, I know it'd be hard for you and me uh, and our families, and we talked about the fact that it's hard for us to just clear our schedules, to drop everything, get rid of the meetings, and cancel the extra extracurricular activities. Um, so what's the difference between a hurried pace of life and a sustainable life-giving pace? Yeah, it reminds me of uh, a goal I set uh, a couple years ago, right before uh, 
a birthday, which happens a lot of people, right? And <laughs> I'd never uh, done a triathlon. And I don't know what ever sparked me to do this, but I had a buddy who was like, come on, it'll be awesome. Let's do it together. Awesome so, triathlon. Yeah, I was like, did I lose a bet here? And so, <laughs> like, you know, uh, I did it. And, you know, just to make sure you understand this, it wasn't like a full triathlon. It's It was called a sprint, okay. which is still, like, you know, more than anything I normally would do. <laughs> <laughs> or a mini. But anyway, so I trained for it, right? And I do all the stuff. And you know, I'm feeling pretty good about it. And race day came. First part is the swim. And it's an indoor swim at this university, okay. which is great because um, you can see where you're going. And so you're going to zigzag your way through this Olympic-sized pool. And, of course, you can kind of select which time frame, what pace you want to go at. Okay. Of course, I still think like, oh, yeah, I'm going to pick like near the fast so I can do my <laughs> very best of this. And so uh, I get to the front of the group, and I am feeling great. I am going strong, first few laps. And then it dawns on me that this pool that I'm in is double the length of the pool I've trained in. <laughs> so while I've trained the right distance, I was taking, like, shorter breaks right. in between. And so, like, I'm halfway through, and I am, like, literally thinking, I'm going to die. Like, I am going to drown. Like, I am, like, channeling, like – all of my college swimming, like, I could still do this. I'm going to be fine. <laughs> and I just foolishly assumed that magically that, that training from 20 years ago was going to, like, carry over. Um, and it didn't. <laughs> and, you know, uh, I did survive, shocker. And, um, man, I was so wrong because I did seriously almost drown. Uh, <laughs> and my pride, uh, you know, got to me because I also was swimming really hard, but I didn't want anybody to pass me either. Right. And so, like, I'm like, no, not today. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> so I'm simultaneously drowning and saying, I'm going to go faster. And uh, I literally was, you know, running at an unsustainable pace or swimming at an unsustainable pace. <laughs> and so, so many times in life, I think it can be like that. We have these intense days where our rhythms aren't supporting um, our, our pace of life. There's not sustainable, yeah. not life giving. And, you know, just to be clear, it's not that Jesus wasn't ever in a hurry. Right. Like, it's a mindset. So he had, his pace often was fast. Right. But he had healthy rhythms, so he wasn't always, like, rushed to the next thing, rushed to the next person. He saw people. He was fully present. Yeah. So he had a sustainable rhythm and pace. So I don't yeah. know if that makes sense. Or it not, does but. make sense. I mean, there is one part of the story I think you left out. I feel like... <laughs> First time I heard this, your kids were like worried about you because they were watching and can sense dad doesn't look okay. Uh, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. You're, it's for the children. It yeah, is. It's it is. for the kids. It's for the next generation. Way to go. Uh, yeah, my uh, my kids did say uh, after I got out and finished the race, and I was like, dad, were you okay? It looked like you were going to drown out there. <laughs> uh, I wish I was making that up. It's a real story. <laughs> You know, the funny story about that is it's not a funny story. I mean, I guess it is, it's not, but unfortunately it illustrates how, how many uh, of us, particularly how many Gen Zers are living their lives. Yeah. Um, they've grown up in families or schools or cultures where the propensity is to schedule or over schedule every second of their life. And it creates this hurried pace of life where you don't have meals together. There's, yeah. you know, Sabbath church, you know, it's okay. You got to play on that team. You got to get those great grades. And yes, those are all valuable, but in the proper order and proportion. And so in some ways, you know, we believe this, this myth that, you know, maybe it's the American dream to live the American dream. I got to live this hurried life. Yeah. 
you know, you ask people, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm busy, aka right. I'm hurried. I'm hurried. And so it's almost become a cultural expectation, I would say. Yeah, and I think some of the other cultural things that are happening at the same time is, you know, we're seeing one-fourth of all kids in the U.S. are living in single-parent homes. So if you have just one parent doing all the activities, that's obviously leading to mom and or dad, whichever one, we're seeing them look hurried. Kids are seeing that as the norm because there isn't two people there sharing that load. We're also seeing a 30% increase in both parents working full-time over the last 50 years. Again, we're not I'm not trying to vilify or you know make these things or terrible things or make people feel bad if this is you fall into these camps I fall into the both parents working full time, but those two things are are happening at the same time that we're yeah. finding ourselves more hurried. Yeah, and adding to that is just like I don't know about you, but like playing like in the neighborhood back in the day, it's like yeah. you would just play in the neighborhood, like yeah. you'd shoot hoops with some people or ride bikes or play games or whatever. And now with you know people, it's you got to play in these leagues and this and that, and you got to have this lesson and that and go to this activity and have this great, great. And like, again, all like good things, but are they necessarily the best things? And so fun play, if you will, or just <laughs> generic play is pushed out. So the American Academy of Pediatrics literally is prescribing play to families as a significant and valuable way to develop their kids in contrast to their hurried lives of every schedule of the day. I got something every night, every hour go to the next go 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 yeah. go go yeah and it's you know it seems normal so we we all we all do it this kid's in soccer this kid's in baseball so we all sign our kids up and next thing you know your life is just so busy we, we've talked a lot john about hurried pace of life how it's leaving us feeling probably just stretched a little bit too thin but jesus as we talked about earlier he invites us to walk with him at that life-giving pace could you unpack the theme of walking and maybe how we see that throughout scripture. Yeah, I'd recommend, you know, those that are watching, listening, you know, it's a great just biblical study to go through and just say, like, look at all the occurrences, mm-hmm. a great word study of how walk is used throughout the Bible. Yeah. Um, but it's it's really uh, maybe one of the premier uh, metaphors of scripture for, you know, this walking with Jesus, this intimate relationship, this abiding life, this yeah. how do I have his holy love and his presence in me? And so, it's really the biblical antidote for a hurry pace of life isn't just trying harder and doing more. <laughs> it's a walk with God. It's this steadiness. It's Sabbath. It's the first day of my week, not my leftovers. So Jesus, reorient my heart. You know, having those kind of things built in, family meals and other things like that. So it's, walking is just a huge metaphor all throughout Scripture. It begins in Genesis, and you can kind of find it pretty much cover to cover. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a critical part for Gen Z to get is, they need margin. They need space. They need sustainable rhythms that I think yeah. they're crying out for because they're going, all this stuff I'm doing, all this these other things, man, I think they're out of proportion a lot of times. And I'm I'm getting tired. I'm getting anxious. I'm getting, you know, it's not giving me the results I really want. I'm exhausted. I'm anxious. I'm spiritual, spiritually dry or maybe even buying into you know, spiritual uh, pluralism. These are all things that are we see. Um, and then what happens is there's this anemic inner life. And they use words maybe like, you know, I feel dry inside or yeah. empty or maybe apathetic. Yeah. And then they deconstruct and they hit this wall instead of, no, Jesus wants to take you deeper in mm-hmm. to this spirit-led, this abiding life. And so mm-hmm. where he invites you, Jesus is saying, let me fill and form you. Yeah. Um, just slow down. 
you know, make room for me. Yeah. And we talk about pace. I remember I was probably 10 or 11. My brother was, I think, home from college and we were on a jog one day and we were, I remember the spot. We were going down this hill and we do a lot of exercising. We do a lot of exercising. Though. We're not that fast, though. It's We're not really that fit either. We're not that it fit. It sounds like it. <laughs> we have like three stories of working out, yeah. so we just keep repeating that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we were, we were running, and he was older than me. He's about eight years older than me. So he's he says, dude, you are all over the place with your pace. And I'm like 10, so I'm going, I have, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he goes, man, you, like, you, you speed up. You get super fast on me. I'm trying to keep up with you. And then you slow way down. And I it hit me like, oh, yeah, I'm not – finding that comfortable pace and he, he talked to, to me about that and it, it makes me think about you know that's what we're talking about mm. we're going so fast so hard all the time and then we we i don't want to use the word burn out but we we find ourselves just empty we yeah have, we have tanks that are empty with not much more to give and i think that's where a lot of us are finding ourselves but we, we need somebody alongside us to go you yeah. know find a pace find a, find something you can stick with yeah, it's the classic scripture, you know, you know, what does it really matter if I gain the whole world? Yeah. But I lose my soul, right? That It's that whole person. And so I love that story. And it, it just does make me wonder, you know, about, you know, am I using time or is time using me? Mm. You go back to the life of Jesus and you could argue, well, it was different back in biblical times. I had <laughs> to walk, you know, but like, I get that. But his days were full. Yeah. He was in a hurry a lot of times. But his overall pace of life and rhythm was he got away to be with the Father. He made time mm. to pray. He was looking for what the Holy Spirit was guiding him into each and every conversation and situation. And so, you know, then, you know, Paul, he writes about uh, life is a race also, right? And it's, yeah. you know, it's not a sprint. It's a walk, though. And so that's part of the kingdom paradox. It's like, <laughs> who wins races and triathlons and, you know, <laughs> Walking, you know, right. that's not how you win. <laughs> that's yeah. not the American way, <laughs> you know. Like time works differently, though, in Jesus's kingdom. Yeah. And there's this crazy principle of like he can somehow take these shorter increments of time and make them more useful and efficient. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the concept of are we being used by time or uh, or, or life giving? Um, you know, Chronos is that is that phrase or that word that means it's this daily grind. It's that Greek concept of just every day, grind it out, the stuff I have to do in my schedule. Yeah. And it usually, it's pretty exhausting, all the to-do list kind yeah. of things. Yeah. And then Kronos is that life-giving uh, kind of life. It's That's the, what's those real moments you care about. Am I making time for that, you know, quality time with that Gen Z or my life? Um or just what really matters most am I filling my soul with those things, spending time with Jesus. And so um, I don't know if that if that helps at all or not, but just thinking about how are we using time or is time using us? Yeah, yeah. And John, if if Gen Z, if they're running at this unsustainable pace, which I think even even if you're not Gen Z, you may be feeling you're running at that sure. unsustainable pace. Um we're designed to walk though. I wonder what does that do to our spiritual lives if we're running too fast, but our bot, our spiritual our, our spirits are saying, "No, no, I need you to slow down." Yeah, I think it's really freeing actually when you finally embrace it and you realize like Jesus's goal for me is not a sprint. Mm, yeah, <laughs> Jesus' goal for me like just try harder, stupid. You know, <laughs> like he actually goes, "No, walk with me," and then his yoke is easy. Mm. Yoke means his teaching, his yeah. way. And all of a sudden, you go like this. 
why so many things right now, whether you know it's a mindfulness app or this or that, it starts with breathing because breathing like actually frees you up and like you feel this release. I love how New Testament scholar N.T. Wright says, it's only when we slow down our lives that we catch up to God. <laughs> you know, I think Willard said, you know, it's hard to love people when you're in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure none of us have ever done that where it's like, you know, I'm hurrying up, you know, kids need you. And you're like, no, no, you know, <laughs> and, um, this is just one of those paradoxes of the gospel though, that I think is significant for spiritual formation. There's so many things, uh, culturally in this narrative of our secular narrative, they're trying to shape us and subtly shaping us. And Jesus says, would you let me speaking to that? If you just walk with me, I'll give you what you need the most. Learn to walk with me. I'll help you have healthy rhythms of abiding um, in order to fight against hurry, worry, and distraction. Well, I think this, uh, this helps all of us who are walking with Gen Z. But we can also take it away. You know, what, what does this mean for us, uh, for our own lives for our, and for the lives of our Gen Zers? Uh, what does it look like for you to faithfully walk with, with Jesus? And what pace of life do you want to pass on to that Gen Z in your life or, or model for that Gen Z in your life? And we know at WGM, especially, that prayer catalyzes uh, change and it brings God's kingdom to earth. We've seen it through mm-hmm. our pioneering missionaries that we were just talking about on the way here uh, for, over the, for over a century. And that's why we take time uh, on each episode to pray over the topic, to pray over Gen Z, because that's where the real work is, and that's the only way things advance. And today, leading us in our prayer as a member of Gen Z, Gabe Ernst. We are so excited to have Gabe uh, joined us today. He's uh, a couple months away from flying to Paraguay, and we're super excited that he took time out of his schedule to come join us. Uh, he's going to work with indigenous people and youth. He's an Asbury University graduate. He's got a heart for the world and for his own generation. Gabe, we are so thankful that you took some time to join us today and lead us in prayer. Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27 says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and when you will no longer worship idols... And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart, and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you, so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. Let us pray. Jesus, our Creator of life, our Redeemer, and our provider. We come to you today as we're talking about being hurried and being busy in our lives, whether we're in the Gen Z community or whether we're in another generation, Lord, we all experience this. And so we bring this before you today. We lay this down at your feet. We lay down our busy lives our overcommitted schedules. We even lay down our identity, Lord, that sometimes we place our identity in all these things that keep us going or that keep us busy because we feel that this identifies us and this uh, really just drives our life. And so today we, we lay these things down 
we put them before you and we say that you are the one who gives us our identity, Lord. You have created us. You have made us in your image and you call us your child. And we know that this is the only thing that matters. All of these other things that we have going on in our lives, the things that make us stressed or overwhelmed or um, hurried in our daily lives, we know that those do not define us. They don't need to be hanging over us, Lord. And today we just pause as we're praying and, and laying down these offerings in our lives and these burdens. And we also want to thank you, Lord. We want to praise you for the ways that you have provided for us in our lives. We want to thank you for the ways that you have shown up over the last year as we're heading into this new year with many unexpected turns that we may face or unknowns that are before us or things that have already been in our lives that are just hanging over our heads, Lord, or something that just stresses us out every day. We take all of these things and we say thank you because we know that you are in control. We know that you reign over everything, Lord, that you have a plan, that we're a part of the plan. Even though we don't deserve it, even though you don't need us, you choose to use us in your plan and in your will each day because you are our Father. And so today we, we think about all these things that make us feel hurried and overwhelmed and busy. I know if there's any college students that are listening right now, Lord, we know that they may feel overwhelmed with their semester or with their assignments. And those of us in this Gen Z uh, community, some of us can feel this pressure to perform and this pressure to feel like we have to be perfection in everything that we do. And so we lay these things before you that you would guide us alone, that you would not um, put this pressure on us, Lord. We ask that through these moments in our lives that we would not succumb to just filling up our schedules throughout each week that we would make time for you, that we would be able to experience true rest in your spirit, that we would be able to get out of the house, that we would be able to go be in nature and, and see your glory shown in, in your creation, that we would be with other believers in our lives that give us this Christian community, Lord. We ask that you would continue to lead us through our week and throughout the rest of this day, because we know that if you are leading us, that we will be following in the right direction, that we are not leading ourselves. And so today, we give you all these things. We know that we need to be resting in your spirit, Lord, and in your presence. And so help us to keep this rhythm of rest and pausing and Sabbath and renewal so that we may follow you more closely and so that we may be filled with your spirit every day of our lives and in our walk with you. And Lord, we also take this time of prayer to lift up those that are feeling a calling into ministry, that are a part of this Gen Z community. We lift up those in college right now that are trying to figure out what they're, what they're supposed to do with their lives, what 
career path they're supposed to take, what major they need to choose. We ask that you would give them true direction and guidance, Lord, and that they would know that their identity is in you. We ask that you would raise up laborers for the harvest around the world in the Gen Z community so that more young people will say yes and that they will follow you with their entire heart and their entire life. We give all these things to you, Lord, and we thank you for the ways that you provide for us and the ways that you give us opportunities to rest and to pause and to reflect on who you are and what you do for us. We give you all these things, Lord, in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to join us, Gabe. And thanks to all of you for listening and watching another episode of The Approach, a podcast where we pray for and walk with the next generation as they seek to use their gifts and talents and experiences to journey with Jesus and participate in the Great Commission. We'd also love to encourage you to begin inviting your friends to join in this movement. We believe God is stirring in the hearts of each generation. And as we seek to walk with and pray for the next generation, it's gonna require more and more mentors and coaches and teachers and parents to do this work. So please share this with somebody you love and who would love to go on this journey. Also be sure to subscribe or follow and give us a rating on your podcast platform as this helps others find the podcast and go on the journey with us. For some of our resources, be sure to check out our show notes on our website at wgm.org forward slash podcast.